Hey, I saw a movie called The Arab Conspiracy where he plays an Arab prince with a Scottish accent. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome, a very miscast episode that'll make sense in a minute, or if you've read the title above this. Anyway, it's not a mystery. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the Cecil himself. I am a mystery. Wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in alcoholism? Uh, I don't drink, so uh, I'll just uh, an, an enigma wrapped in uh, Crystal Pepsi. An enigma wrapped in sexual perversions that you can go to AdamandEve.com for. Sure, uh, get your your sex swing. We, you go to AdamandEve.com. You use the promo code Drome, and you get fifty percent off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code Drome at AdamandEve.com. And also, gonna get your freak on online. You really need to be using a VPN. Which would be NordVPN to get a great deal on Nord, which is only two ninety nine a month if you get a three year plan, and Nord will protect your data online, hide you if you know you are going to some skeevy places, allow you to get past region blocking, region locking, and allow you to do other things that I can't really talk about. To do that, what you do is you go to 1201beyond.com backslash VPN, and that'll bring you to the Nord deal. Two ninety nine a month is nothing for internet safety in this day and age. So all that said, Peter's not here this week, so we're going to talk about remember years ago, Cecil, back when Alex was on the show, we did sort of an almost was about directors, about movies where such and such director almost made this movie, like, you know, David Lynch almost making Return of the Jedi, things like that. Well, this week we're going to talk about it with casting. Actors almost cast in roles that, in some cases, you go, I can see it. In others, you say, wow, was that going to be miscast? What you got to remember, though, the era of any of the movies we're talking about. So if we say some huge name, maybe they weren't a huge name yet, and you kind of got to separate these things in your head. Like the fact that Will Smith turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix to do Wild Wild West. How different would The Matrix have been with Will Smith? I love Will Smith. I think that uh, he is a genuinely cool guy. Uh, I think he's made some terrible choices in uh, his movies. I think that he would have been tremendously miscast for the lead of The Matrix. I just I don't see him being able to be serious enough to pull that off. And I think it probably would have ended with one film, and then that would have been. I just can't see it going on from there. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't think I'd be able to take it nearly as serious. But at the same token, for Batman, when it, when Michael Keaton got signed, everybody's like, oh, Mr. Mom is Batman, and then he was great. So you never know. They might have been able to pull it off with Will Smith. You might have, uh, I don't know, even when he's dramatic, I don't think he's quite, I, I don't know, it just doesn't work. 
for me. I don't think, I think he's a really good actor, but in certain films, I just, I don't see him as the, as the guy. Well, cause Keanu Reeves kind of brought this blank slate that they could put all of the Neo powers into. Will Smith, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I think is too charismatic for the part. The part, and this is not bashing Keanu, the part required sort of a blank slate to be programmed into, both literally and figuratively in that movie. Will Smith has too much on-screen charisma. He, I could, I could have seen him maybe as Morpheus. As Neo? No, I, I, it would have been a different movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I could have seen him doing Morpheus, uh, and not even just because of the whole thing that, that, uh, Morpheus is being black, just saying that I could have seen him as more that figure, that, that charismatic figure. Keanu was in place. He was the everyman is what it was. He was just the, the, this could be any of us. And he did it really well and it worked. So I think that that's largely why I agree with you. I think that uh, he might have been a little bit too, uh, too charismatic and might have uh, done a little smirk and wink at the camera a little too much. And it just wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have had the same impact. Well, and at some point he would have done, oh, hell no. Uh, I would hope not. Well, how about this one? Tim Thomerson turned down the role of Lieutenant Harris in Police Academy. He was the initial cast, and he initially was about to say yes, but then Uncommon Valor, the script, came across his desk. He chose Uncommon Valor because he wanted to work with Gene Hackman. Tim Thomerson, I really could have seen as Lieutenant Harris in Police Academy, though. Oh, God, I could have totally seen him as that. Although, in his defense, I do think he made the right decision. Independent comedy, it just, it, it had never really been, it was completely untested. It was a, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but it was lightning in a bottle that that blew up as big as it did. And nobody would have seen that coming. And so, him seeing Uncommon Valor, you know, being having the opportunity to work with Hackman, and just being a, a huge bolster to his career, you can definitely see why he would take that role over a uh, police academy so i don't fault him for that at all but i don't that's one where i absolutely could see him pulling that off i could see him doing that just uh just great and he would have had more movies if he would have signed on for that he he actually said that as well in an interview in like 2016 maybe 2015 he mentioned how if he had taken that role because remember uncommon valor bombed at the box office so if he had taken police academy he said his career might have taken a complete completely different trajectory. Oh, God, yeah. How about this one? Part of me says I see what the studio was going for, and it's only, I think, in retrospect where we say brutal miscasting. Avco Embassy was pushing hard for Charles Bronson to be Snake Plissken in Escape from New York. And I can see from Death Wish and all that why they were thinking it. It's only after we've seen Kurt Russell we go, wow, was that brutally miscast almost. Yeah, I love Bronson. Even in some of his bad movies, he's still delivering. I can completely understand why they would want him for the role, but just knowing... Kurt Russell, uh, like that was one of his iconic roles that he made. So seeing Bronson in there, it would have been a completely different film. Uh, and it may, may not have worked. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that one, it wouldn't have worked the same, obviously, but I think it still would have worked. I mean, how old was Bronson by, by that point? He was almost 60. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Not that 60 is that old, but I think that 60 would be a little too old for Snake Plissken. But, I, like I said, I, I also, I can see what Avco Embassy was thinking. It just, you know, it's only in retrospect we can see how bad that decision, we almost averted that really bad decision. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, that's kind of the, the general consensus of what, of all of what we're going to be talking about tonight is we know how it turned out. But this is how it could have turned out. And most of the time, it's they averted disaster. Um, but that, but it, then you just never know. It's always a shock and it's always a kind of a surprise when uh, somebody goes against type and then ends up being amazing. So, uh, or is somebody who you're like, I don't think that's going to work. And then it totally works. But then there are other cases where you just look at it and you go, no, this is just wrong. Straight up. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Burt Reynolds was actually in contention to play James. James Bond at one point. No, Bert's great. He's not James fucking Bond. No, he's Hooper. He's not Bond. I... And, and thankfully, he turned down Bond because, and I'm quoting, James Bond has to be played by a British person. No American can do this. I absolutely agree. That is largely, like, if they were, they were doing some sort of American version of it, then, uh, fine. But yeah, that's largely James Bond is supposed to be yeah, British intelligence. And yeah, having an American play it and then put on like a fake accent, especially man, would that just, it would have been an absolute hilarious train wreck, quite frankly. Okay. How about, have you seen Bad Lieutenant? The Harvey Keitel movie. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? Kick Cat Club? Show me how you suck a man's cock. It's the last time. (laughs) Harvey Keitel is f***ing amazing in that movie, right? Oh, God, he's brilliant. It's a shame that, like, that's one, too, where nobody heard of it for years. That didn't catch on until way later. When people, like, probably after Pulp Fiction, I think, where people were like, oh, wait, Keitel? Oh, my God, he's amazing in this. Well, it almost wasn't Keitel. In fact, only three weeks before shooting began, Christopher Walken dropped out. The role was written with Christopher Walken in mind, and Christopher Walken had the role until after thinking about it for a while, he said, and I quote, I don't think this role is right for me. I don't think I can do this. Part of me says I can see Walken in the part, but it would have been played totally different. Yeah, I I think he... I think he could have pulled it off to a certain degree, but because Walken is weird, but it definitely would have changed the film. It definitely would have been different. Like Kaitel is just is a it delivers a freaking fantastic performance. And I think I think Walken could have done it, but it definitely would have been a different film altogether. Then we also have the this one's sort of famous. It was the same script, but it's not the movie we know because the second actor brought all the comedy to it. Back when Beverly Hills Cop was a straight crime thriller, it was a Stallone movie as Axel Foley. Yeah, that one I knew. If it was a, if it was the way that it was supposed to be, where it was a crime film, I could totally see Stallone being able to pull it off fine. But what it morphed into with uh, the humorous aspect of it from Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah, it, it, it it's two different films. Stallone, it would have been Cobra with Eddie Murphy. It ended up being Beverly Hills Cop. We don't we can't even really talk about this one because we've actually seen it for a little bit. Eric Stoltz and Back to the Future. Now, maybe again, it's only due to the fact that we've seen Michael J. Fox. Eric Stoltz was just brutally miscast in those scenes that we've seen. Yeah, and there's actually just recently, I forget who, but somebody had said there is a little, like, there's a scene where Biff is being, like, pushed, 
And that was actually like, it's really hard to tell, but it was Eric Stoltz that was pushing him. It's just that you can't like tell it kind of like, and they, that was one of the scenes that they didn't reshoot. It's just that you really can't tell that it's him because it's really only like a few frames. That's the same thing with Aliens where James Ramar originally played Hex. There's one shot they couldn't afford to reshoot. Thankfully, it's a rear shot, so you can't see, but it's not Michael Bean as Hex. And again, now I like James Ramar, but he would have played Hex completely differently than Michael Bean did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a, it, it would have been a completely different character. Officially, that's the reason Ramar dropped out. Creative differences with James Cameron. Unofficially, everybody says Ramar had a heroin problem at the time, and that's why he dropped out. Ooh, me, oh my. <laughs> but then, th- there's the other huge famous one. Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. I don't know, part of me says, after Out of Africa and stuff, I can kind of see this. I, it, it, it's not as, out there as it initially comes across. I don't know, Harrison Ford just owned that role. I Maybe if we hadn't seen Harrison Ford, Tom Selleck would have been acceptable. I don't know if Tom Selleck would have worked, though. I don't know, like, I could kind of see, like, Tom Selleck and Harrison Ford are kind of similar. Like, they're both... They're both rugged, they're both handsome, they both kind of have that swagger, so I could kind of see him pulling it off. I think Harrison Ford's a little bit more charming. That's one where I could kind of see that more than, I know, uh, Gary Busey was another one who was up for Han Solo. That one, I think, is way off. Han Solo being going with with Harrison Ford, it just he really did own that character. I mean, that is one of his two iconic characters. So I'm glad that he did get it. I mean, it it got him out of uh, being a carpenter. <laughs> well, okay, if, if we're gonna talk Han Solo, other actors that auditioned for the part were Burt Reynolds. Uh, maybe you got Kurt Russell, Christopher Walken Christopher auditioned Walken. for Han Solo. Al Pacino auditioned for Han Solo. I yeah! don't see any. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> I just can't see any of them as Han Solo. Maybe again, that's because what we know about Han Solo from Harrison Ford. All of them, even Kurt Russell, who is the closest to, I could almost see it. It's still wrong. But it's that you get that with an iconic character. You have, this is the vision, you know, this is the way the character is. I can't see anybody else taking his place. And so that's, uh, that's the power of, of a really, really perfect uh, casting choice. A franchise that would not have become a franchise if they had cast Frank Sinatra as Dirty Harry, which is what Warner Brothers wanted. (laughs) I wish I were kidding. Frank Sinatra was who they wanted to play Harry Callahan in 1971. Oh my god. Is Frank's, like, not tall? Like, he's not short, but he's not... You know what? What's Clint? He, he he had made at that point a string of pic- detective pictures where he's trying to play the tough guy. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure that's why Warner Brothers wanted him. But it's just wow, is he not Harry Callahan? I can't see him playing the part. I just I can't. This would never have become a franchise if if it was Frank Sinatra as it, Harry Callahan. It probably would be one of the greatest unintentional comedies. Think about it like this. Charles Bronson was not the first choice for Death Wish. Paul Kersey, the studio wanted Jack Lemon. Oh, oh God, what? <laughs> the studio wanted Jack Lemon as Paul Kersey because he, he was trying to expand out of comedy and he wanted to start doing dramas. They wanted him for Paul Kersey initially. I like Jack Lemon. He's a great actor, but just wow. 
not absolutely not right. We've got Sean Connery turned down the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Uh I you know what? I could see him pulling that off though. I think it's it's good they went with uh, with Ian. I think Connery probably could have he would have been the only thing with that is it would have felt out of place. Every time Sean Connery And Gandalf would have been Scottish. Yeah, well, I mean, he could have, you know, faked an accent or something. But oh yes, because he totally did that in Hunt for Red October. Well, you know, but... the Scottish, the, the Scottish Russian submarine captain. <laughs> Look, he's such a good actor, he makes you forget. Okay. <laughs> hey, I saw a movie called The Arab Conspiracy where he plays an Arab prince with a Scottish accent. Oh. <laughs> I, that, I've never seen that one. That's hilarious. I think he probably could have pulled it off. Uh, it would have definitely been a different dynamic. And every time he showed up, it would have been, it just would have presented. Hey, look, it's Sean Connery. You know? Yeah, it would have been, hey, it's Sean Connery. Cause at the time, even though Gandalf had been in a lot of movies before, he, he didn't really, I don't want to say he blew up, but he got bigger because of that. Like, so he got a little bit more into the, the mainstream because of that. Uh, are you talking about Ian McCollum? You said Gandalf. Well, yeah. Well, we're talking about Gandalf, right? Well, we're, oh, okay. Right, but, oh, I said, but, but you, oh, you I said, said as the actor, you said Gandalf. Oh, I <laughs> well, see, that's a, he's such a good actor. I thought he was the character. But what, I, what I'm saying is that every actor in that was known, but was not a massive star. So having all of them together, like nobody kind of was the bigger actor. So the, like nobody really stood out. Nobody was like, you, like when you're watching a film and there's like a bunch of nobodies and then like Brad Pitt is in it. And all of a sudden, you know, all your attention is on Brad Pitt. Whereas that there was a bunch of people who you recognized, but nobody was like a massive star. And if they would have put Connery in there, I think every time he would have showed up, it would have really kind of offset things. So I'm glad they decided not to. Well, but then they also wanted Russell Crowe as Aragorn. And Russell Crowe said he met with Peter Jackson. Russell Crowe said he got the feeling from Peter Jackson that Peter did not want him in this role, but the studio did. That's the, that's the feeling Crowe got after meeting with Jackson. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible that, uh, the studio might have, uh, wanted to go with him because at the time, uh, he was a bigger actor. And uh, maybe it was a, well, just just meet with him and talk to him and see if you like him. Okay, how about the one, we've only seen test footage because that's all they got, but Nick Cage is Superman. It's both really wrong, and once you see the footage, the test footage, not nearly as bad as it's it is in your head, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got to consider that they had a lot of good creative stuff working behind this. You had uh, you had Raimi, you had uh, it was a Studio ADI was doing the effects, and uh, it's Raimi. It was Tim Burton. Oh, Burton, Burton. Sorry, it was Burton. You had Burton. You had uh, I believe, like I said, it was Studio ADI was doing the effects. They had a lot of really good uh, creative stuff going on and it just didn't uh i think they kind of knew that it wasn't really the right decision but i don't think it would have been as big of a train wreck i don't think it would have worked but i don't think it would have been quite the disaster the biggest thing was i think nicholas cage who i i like nicholas cage a lot but he's not really a good choice for superman i just don't see him playing the role now he kind of looked the death of return of superman he had the the mullet and he, uh he had the the outfit and they he just he kind of looked the part and but yeah i don't think it would have been quite as big of a mess as uh as it would have um as superman returns was patrick swayze was originally supposed to be the star of total recall before arnold was cast 
I think about it and I think, okay, Patrick Swayze is a lot closer to what the character was in the in the book or the the short story. Maybe just because that you know Total Recall is so iconic with Arnold, I just can't see Patrick Swayze playing that part. I don't know. Uh, I, this is one that I forgot about, but now that you said it, I remember. I really think that Swayze. He had, this is another case of it being a little bit more of an everyman. Now, I think that Schwarzenegger pulled it off fantastically because it's such a good movie, but I think that Swayze being a little bit more lean and a little bit more of just your, your average person. Uh, and he would have had a mullet. He would have had a mullet. <laughs> it would have, uh, I, I think it could have worked. I think it still would have worked. Okay, then speaking of Paul Verhoeven, Michael Ironside was Verhoeven's first choice for Murphy. Hmm. I like Ironside in just about everything. So, I don't know. That's a weird one. But then once he turned down the role of Murphy, Verhoeven wanted to work with him so bad, he tried to cast him as Clarence. I totally could have seen Michael Ironside as Clarence Boddicker. Oh my god, would he have... Yeah, uh, he totally would have... Kirkwood Smith is great, but Ironside would have been too. He's so malicious. Like, I definitely could have seen him for uh, for Clarence Boddicker. And then, well, then he did... I mean, he eventually got him in uh, in Total Recall, so... And, and Starship Troopers. And Starship Troopers, yes. Now, now, this one, it obviously would have been a completely... Uh, I mean, completely different movie. Movie and that's why this didn't happen. Stripes was originally to star Cheech and Chong under the title Cheech and Chong Join the Army. I don't know. Cheech and Chong Join the Army. Well, the reason they didn't eventually go with this was Ivan Reitman basically, he, he eventually said he knew if Cheech and Chong were cast in this, it would become a Cheech and Chong movie and he, it would not be his movie anymore. It would be a Cheech and Chong film and he didn't want that. Interesting. Okay, now this one, this is going to sound like I'm making this up, but I'm not. Michael Jackson at one point held the movie rights to The Crow and he was going to star as Eric Draven in a musical version of The Crow. Oh, no. That really happened. He he really wanted this. No one would fund it. Funny enough on that. Funny huh? enough that everybody said, this is a terrible idea. Why would you do why would you want to do this? So just imagine the Crow we, the Crow movie we all love with Michael Jackson and as a musical. No, absolutely not. I gotta ask the audience, do you know who was the original choice for the Crow and turned it down? Not Brandon Lee. Christian Slater turned down that part. I love Christian Slater. He's as miscast in, he would have been as miscast in this as Edward Furlong was in the sequels. Yeah, well, uh, Ed Furlong was in, I think, the fourth one. Third or fourth, yeah. But yeah, Christian, Christian Slater, Slater, yeah, like, I, I like Christian Slater. He doesn't Slater. fit at all. No. He, he does, does not fit that at all. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been, uh, not good. It's, it's such a weird thing with the crow though. It's like, if they would have cast Christian Slater, then would Christian Slater now be dead? I, I thought of that too, knowing what we know in the backstory. I, I don't know if he, no pun intended, dodged a bullet. Yeah, it really, it's weird because, but the thing is, the dynamic would have changed. It's like, well, maybe he wouldn't have done as many of his own stunts. So maybe that's one where he wouldn't have, uh, he wouldn't have been in there and it, it would have been somebody else. Or maybe he would have and he would have been the one that got shot. I, I don't 
I don't know. So that is very odd. You got to think he's probably mulled that over in his head at some point, you know, back uh, when Brandon was killed. Like, oh, my God, that could have been me or that's because it was such a I mean, it, that's another one of those, you know, change the industry uh, moments because they had to they had to go in and, and re redo how you uh, you set up your, your stunts and a colossal F up one of the, the stunt guys. It was a new guy who didn't check to make sure there wasn't anything in the barrel and because apparently there's all kinds of fail safes in place so that that kind of thing never happens but this guy it just screwed up and and consequently ended up it, it was just a bunch of mistakes that happened it was no it was nobody's fault so much it was the the system failed yeah it just it was a it, it was a series of errors that really wound up you know costing him his life We'll talk about Star Trek for a little bit. We all love Captain Sisko. We all love Avery Brooks as Captain Sisko. The role was originally written for James Earl Jones, who I think could have done it, but it would have been a very different Captain Sisko. Well, he would have had the voice of a commander. But James Earl Jones was also 30 years older than Avery Brooks when that show started, so it would have been a totally different dynamic. It would have been a different dynamic, and at that point, shouldn't he have been an admiral? Like, you know? Well, it, it was maybe because of the attitude problem. Remember, Cisco in season one wasn't playing by Starfleet rules. Well, actually, Cisco wrote the whole series wasn't playing by Starfleet rules. Well, that was kind of his shtick, was uh, he's the guy that doesn't play by the rules. And, and then he hired uh, Nana Visitor, the first officer who doesn't also doesn't play by the rules. She plays by, you know, Bajor rules. And Then after James Earl Jones turned it down, it was offered to Tony Todd. Tony Todd, great actor. But again, maybe I just have too much Avery Brooks in my brain. It's not Cisco. Avery Brooks is Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. I don't know. I could see Tony Todd pulling it off. Tony Todd didn't want to commit to a regular series. He he would have been, he's he was said he was fine if you know as a recurring character or something, but he didn't want to commit to a regular series. That's why he turned it down. That's understandable. But then there was also let's go back in time a little bit for Star Trek. Martin Landau declined to be Spock. He was the original choice for Spock. Didn't think he could pull off playing an alien, and he didn't like the prosthetics of having the ears put on. So just imagine Spock. As Martin Landau, not Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. No. I love, I love Martin Landau, and he's a fantastic and just charismatic actor, but I just can't see it as Spock, man. Nah, yeah. I think that would have been a terrible thing. That would have, uh, that would have, uh, just not been good. <laughs> I can't see him doing it at all. Again, I agree. I, I like him in the right roles, but this would not have been a right role. But then there's also, we all love Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard. The studio wanted and the actor turned it down. Edward James Olmos was the first choice for Captain Picard. I can see it. I mean, it's a totally a, a totally different character, but I could see it because I mean, m- maybe it's because of what we saw with a you know Adama on Battlestar. He ha- he has the presence to be able to do that. That's the thing. I wonder if that has he ever said like him turning down that is why he did say yes to Battlestar. I've never heard him say that, but maybe it was always a little bit of regret after... Because you got to remember, Star Trek The Next Generation oh, was a... Was f- a like, 
yeah, it was, it was a huge, yeah, that was a huge was a gamble. We're, we're, we're not on a network. I mean, first run syndication had been around for a while. Tales from the Dark Side had proved it was a viable market. But just to, to do something on this scale and something as iconic as Star Trek, it was doomed to failure. The fact that it didn't was the fluke. So I, I can see why he was like, I'm not going to take this chance. Oh yeah, it, it absolutely, on paper and everything, it, it shouldn't have worked. But it did because uh, the writing, the acting, everything was just firing on all uh, points. And uh, but I can understand anybody turning that down because it's like, wait, we're going to do this now. This isn't going to work. And lo and behold, it's one of the most beloved series of all time. I named my son after a character. Let's say he took the role. Do you still think even with the season one weak writing, the show would have become iconic? Or do you think it was Patrick Stewart's charisma? Because Edward James almost has charisma, but it's a different kind. He has this sort of simmering anger charisma. I don't know if he could have pulled off diplomat Jean-Luc Picard. I think it's not so much Patrick Stewart as much as it's everybody. Like, the dynamic that the crew had, it was that perfect balance like everybody, the exception of Wesley, everybody got along. Everybody kind of was a, a cog that had their place. Everybody just all fit and it all, it made the machine turn. And that's another reason why like Pulaski came in for, for season two. She really just felt out of place and then they, they ousted her and brought back, uh, Crusher. She just, it was like, okay, yeah, and then that's why back when season three hit, it was like, oh, everything is is back, everything is good again. And it's a shame, because two's got a lot of really good episodes. Pulaski just was, like, I actually, I think I might like Pulaski less than Wesley. I, she was... That's a bold statement. I know, it's a bold statement. She just had so much more screen time, and just really bugged me. I don't know, her attitude, I don't know, I never, I never liked, liked her, uh, it just, she, they were trying too hard to make her female bones. I just didn't care for it, uh, and I was glad they brought back Crusher. I thought that uh, she just had a better dynamic with the captain. Uh, it wasn't like uh, like she admired him, but also you know there was a little bit of uh, like you know romance there that came in later. I don't know with with um, Edward James Olmos. I think he's a terrific actor. I think he just worked better in the in Battlestar. Like him there, it felt he felt more suited than he would have in Star Trek. In Star Trek First Contact. And the actor only turned it down because he was finishing another movie. Zephram Cochran was very nearly played by Tom Hanks. I could see Tom, that. Tom Hanks, who was a huge Star Trek fan, he wanted to do it, but he had just directed That Thing You Do and was still in post-production on that, and they couldn't push the schedule, so they only got James Cromwell due to a scheduling conflict with Tom Hanks. I actually think this would have been the same thing with, like, Russell Crowe as Aragorn. Tom Hanks would have been too recognizable for the part. I think he could have done it, but I think he also would have been a distraction in the movie as well. Yeah, like, he, he could have played the part in his sleep. Like, that would have been plastered all over. You know, First Contact starring Tom Hanks. It's like, well, wait, no, it's it's starring the cast, and then, all you know, you know he could be the end, but I'm sure they would have marketed the hell out of it being Tom Hanks. So, uh, I yeah, it definitely would have changed the dynamic. They probably would have included more scenes with him, because he's such a bigger star. Speaking of Tom Hanks, then, what about one of his most famous roles that nearly wasn't him? John Travolta was who the studio wanted to play Forrest Gump. Oh, uh... Yeah, this one's a lot to unpack. God, I, I don't know, like, I think he could probably 
do it, but it wouldn't have, like, Tom Hanks had a, had a charm to the character, and I don't- Tom Hanks inhabited that character. Yeah, like, but I don't think that, I don't think that it would have been the same. I don't think it, it just, it, it would have had a, a completely different feel to it. It would have been, it wouldn't have been as whimsical, if, if that makes sense. Sort of the same way, like, I bet Leonardo DiCaprio is super happy about this. James Cameron's first choice for Jack and Titanic, Matthew McConaughey. Now, see, I could, now that was, that was what, 99? 98, the movie Nin- came out, so they would have been shooting probably 90, late 96, early 97, maybe. How old was he at the time? He wasn't the alright, alright, alright that we know right, today. Right, he's not the stoner that he is now. Was that, cause, cause, uh, that was, the, 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 this was a couple of years, this was only a few years after, after his although it was, although it was still unreleased, his Texas Chainsaw movie. Right, well no, his, his, uh, his actual debut was The Time to Kill, and what was that, 97? I think that was the year before, yeah. I actually think he took a time to kill when he didn't get the role in Titanic. Oh, okay. But then because of filming and everything that ended up coming out before. I think that he was still young enough, and he's a very handsome guy. Leonardo at the time had that kind of boyish charm to him. Oh, it's that, that one, I don't know, I think, I think it still would have worked. I don't, I don't know. I think that, um, Matthew McConaughey, you know, he was a handsome guy and he still would have been able to pull that off. And, uh, like you said, this was before he was the, the alright, alright guy. Would have probably put him on a different, uh, trajectory. You know, again, like you said, Leonardo was happy that, uh, he turned, McConaughey turned it down. I think that this is a case of where I could see him being able to pull it off as well. But then also, Kate Winslet was not originally in this movie either. Her role was originally cast with Gwyneth Paltrow, who turned it down. Ah, uh, maybe it's just yeah. my dislike of Gwyneth Paltrow, but, uh, she's just, bleh, Paltrow and her stupid goop. Now, you gotta put in mind, this is not the actor we know today, but Johnny Depp turned down the role of Ferris Bueller. Uh, oh. I could see him pulling it off. I actually could too. I'm like, you know what? Matthew Broderick is great in that part. I think Johnny Depp, I mean, remember this is 21 Jump Street era Johnny Depp. I actually think he could have done it. Go back, if, if you're questioning this, go back and watch like Private Resort and see Private Resort Johnny Depp and tell me that he wouldn't have been able to do Ferris Bueller. I think he absolutely could have been able to do uh, Ferris Bueller. Like I, I'm happy, you know, Matthew Broderick nailed it. it. It's a great movie. It's one of my all time favorites, but I think that I think, Do- I think Depp would have brought something different to the role, but I think he would have been able to pull it off as well. Jack Nicholson was almost cast as Michael Corleone in The Godfather. I could see Nicholson pulling it off, but again, it would have been, a, it would have been a completely different performance than what Pacino gave. I I I think so too. I think uh he would have been able to pull it off. He probably would have gotten a lot of acclaim for it, but it just it would have been a different dynamic. Just like sticking with Nicholson. Now this I can apparently William Friedkin said absolutely not. Warner Brothers wanted as the priests in the Exorcist Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson. (laughs) I'm not joking. I can see from the perspective of the studio, yeah that no. That would not have worked. They'd, no, absolutely not. Well, first of all, okay, let, let's leave aside the performances either of them might have given, because the performances in the movie are pitch perfect. The, for the roles of Marin and Karras, I think Nicholson and Brando would have been, like with Tom Hanks and stuff, too distracting. They, they, they It would have become a Marlon Brando movie, not Marlon Brando in a movie. 
Uh, I, I agree. Now, again, you're going to have to go back. She was not the actress we know today. She was just coming off Charles Band's Parasite. Demi Moore turned down the role of Nancy in A Nightmare on Elm Street. So you got you got to remember, this is, she was dating Charles Band at the time, making, she'd made Parasite, and then she was offered Nightmare on Elm Street and turned it down. She ended up doing St. Elmo's Fire instead, which is probably a better career decision, but I don't know. That era, Demi Moore, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too used to Heather Lankencamp. I don't know. That's tough. I don't, cause the thing is, Demi Moore, I, even, even in the movies where she's supposed to be vulnerable, uh, she never, she always kind of comes off tough. And I, I mean that in, I mean that as a, as a good thing. I mean that she, uh, that she always does give off this, this air of she can take care of herself. I think that part of why Nancy worked in A Nightmare on Elm Street is because she started off very vulnerable and then was able to kind of be able to stand up for herself at the end. She eventually became, you know, she figured out how to defend herself. Whereas I don't really feel that seeing Demi Moore in that role, like I would have felt the same way about her. We almost didn't get Donald Pleasance in Halloween. John Carpenter wanted Christopher Lee. I love Donald Pleasance. I think Christopher Lee would have rocked that though. Yeah, I think Christopher Lee would have been amazing in that too. I think it would have, I think it would have, it would have changed it. It would, like the movie would still be, you know, heralded as a classic. Uh, I think it would have, uh, just given it more ammunition for, uh, amazingness. I think that, uh, that would have been something else. He turned down the role. Wow. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. I, well, maybe it wasn't he didn't want to do it. It might have been just not enough money because you know Donald Pleasant said he was paid a pittance for it. So Christopher Lee might have just wanted too much money. That is possible. But then also you got. I love Poltergeist. It's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Drew Barrymore was almost cast. Carol Ann as Carol Ann. Yes. Well, uh, well, she was a little bit older because that was what was what was the time frame of that? Was that before E.T.? Uh, the same time that they were they were being shot. That, that's why Spielberg couldn't officially direct it. He was making E.T. I don't know. I could I could see that because I mean if you go and you look at Drew Barrymore from E.T., she does have kind of a Carol Ann ness about her. You know, she's the young, uh, you know, young precocious kid. I I don't know. I don't know how much that would have changed the film really. Because at the time, again, this is one where you have to go back. Nobody really knew who Drew Barrymore was back then. Like, uh, so she eventually, you know, like back when I, I didn't know who the Barrymores and all that were. So I think that she would have, it would have been relatively the same. I don't think that it w- would have changed all that much. All right. Well, then Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks. I can't remember if he won an Academy Award for that or was just nominated. He wasn't Spielberg's first choice. I want you to take a guess who Spielberg's first choice in Saving Private Ryan was instead of Tom Hanks. Sorry. Who would, st- who would he pick? Morgan Freeman. Make a serious choice. <laughs> Huge action star. Oh, God. Stallone? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. You know, I think, I think Mel could have pulled it off. I think, I think. I actually do too. I, cause, I, I mean, their performances would be very different, but I, I could see Mel Gibson really pulling that off too. Yeah, well, I mean, look at like the Patriot and, uh, like Mel, Mel is, is incredibly versatile. So I think that, um, and, and the thing is, and this is not bad mouthing Hanks at all. He's obviously a, a brilliant actor. I think that the role in that wasn't so much uh, one of his, like Forrest Gump is iconic role. His role in, in Saving Private Ryan was not a really iconic, the movie's brilliant, 
But I think that there are probably a few different people that could have played that and pulled it off just as well. I think Mel is one of them. I could, I could totally see Mel doing that. Well, no, we all love Die Hard. And I think Bruce Willis is pitch perfect in Die Hard. Almost every other action star in Hollywood was up for that role at some point. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the first choice. I love Arnold, but he's too big. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to fit in the air vents. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, then after that, they went to Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I, which I can, again, I can see, but it, it would have, it, 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 any, any action star. Now, Bruce Willis became an action star because of Die Hard. Any action star that they would have cast being an action star to put in that movie, it, it would have changed the entire feel of the movie. Especially if they had gone with Burt Reynolds. Uh, Burt again? I, and Burt, if you're, if you're laughing at Burt being, you know, thinking of him as an action star because you're not familiar, like go back and watch like Gator and and Hooper. Oh yeah, he no, and, he's absolutely an action star. And Sharky's Sharky's Machine and all that stuff. Uh, Stick. A lot of people who are like younger, they they really don't know Bert from his older stuff where uh, he was an action star. But then we're back to Mel Gibson. He was also offered the role. As much as I said Bruce Willis was pitch perfect. I could really have seen Mel Gibson doing this, too. I could see Mel doing that, too. But the, the problem with that was it was a little bit too close in time period to uh, Lethal Weapon. And so it would really be... I, I, I actually think Lethal Weapon is probably why he was offered the role, honestly. Oh, more than likely, I'm sure. Like, he's he's one where he is an action star, yes, but I think that build-wise, he's about the same, and he could pull off the everyman. I keep saying everyman this episode, but he could totally pull off the everyman that uh, John McClane was. And I think that that's probably the closest it would have gotten actor-wise. If they would have wanted to... I'm not so sure. Okay, Richard Gere was offered the role at one point. That's totally miscast. But there were two yeah. other actors offered the role. Don Johnson. Uh, that one I really could have seen, too. I think Don, even back then, Don had a bit of an ego. So I think it probably would have, it probably would have been problems. But I, th- but acting wise, yeah, I mean, I don't know, though. I've seen, there's been a couple of Don Johnson action movies. I don't know. He kind of, you know what? Now I'm thinking Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. And yeah, I yeah I think okay. I'm sorry. I could abs- I, I could see Don Johnson. It. Yeah, I could see Don Johnson doing Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. I could. <laughs> but then the final one offered the role before Bruce Willis was Harrison Ford. That one I can't see. Love yeah. Harrison Ford. Can't see him for this part. Yeah, same. I, I love Harrison Ford, but uh, terribly miscast. But then Harrison Ford also turned down the role of Dallas, Tom Skerritt's part in Alien. I don't know. Maybe because Tom Skerritt's so great in that with that sort of, you know, a guy who's just fed up with everything performance Tom Skerritt gave. I don't know. if Harrison Ford, I think, would have played the character too upbeat. Because, like, Tom Skerritt is playing it as a guy who's on the edge of burnout, really. Well, he's a he's a, a space trucker. You know, and he's just, so he's just kind of had it and he just wants to go home and yeah, he's just burnt out. So I think that, uh, I, I mean, now Harrison Ford has played roles like that, but I don't know if he really would have been the best choice. 
Well, Harrison Ford was also offered, again, this is pre-Eddie Murphy, after Stallone dropped out when they still were trying to make Beverly Hills Cop into an action movie, Harrison Ford was offered the role of Axel Foley. Oh, man, that would have been terrible. <laughs> I don't think he would have been good in uh, Beverly Hills Not Cop. Not even a mince words on that one, huh? No, no. And again, I give, you know, love Harrison Ford. I, I don't think he would have been right in that role at any point. How about Cindy Williams almost being cast as Leia because George Lucas had worked with her on American Graffiti. He's, he wanted her for Princess Leia. Eee. Yeah, that's about their good, that's about the appropriate reaction. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think that's about the best thing. And I don't, I don't have a problem with Cindy Williams. I think in the right role, she's fine as, as Shirley Feeney, but, uh, I, I, I don't see her as, as Princess Leia at all. I did not like Brokeback Mountain. No, not because of the gay stuff, because I thought the movie was boring as sin. Ang Lee originally wanted, ironically enough, now that they're together in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio for those roles. Uh... I mean, acting-wise, they probably could have pulled it off. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think that uh, the movie was a tremendous bore. I thought acting-wise, uh, I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was well-directed, but I think that it needed another few passes through the editor because uh, there was a lot of nothing in that movie. And, uh, it really just was a, I, I stopped, I didn't care, but I think that, uh, they, they could have pulled it off whether or not they would have wanted to and whether or not it, I don't, you know, I mean, that's a case of two where it could have potentially hurt their career. It could have, but, but here's the thing. Now, as much as I did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of the things I did was these two guys have amazing chemistry together. Are, are they gay in the movie? No, I'm just saying, oh, as, saying they, like, as, as, as Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio as actors, okay. they have amazing on-screen chemistry. Okay. So if they had been cast as gay lovers, I would think some of that would have come through because th- these two had never worked bef- worked together before. So when you see them once upon a time in Hollywood, they're one of the few things that you walk away with saying, that Tarantino hit right on the head. Okay. Cause these I, two I actors play off each other amazingly. I haven't seen it yet, so I didn't know. Like, I was just wondering. I'm like, you know, the where you were saying that. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. They're just brought together as actors, not you know, as yeah, as a co- okay. So yeah, I I didn't you know I didn't see the movie yet, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, sometimes though that happens where you have two actors that are well known, and then all of a sudden they're in a movie together, and then you're like, why haven't these two been in a movie together before? They they play off each other terrifically. So we've been talking about all of these almost was. This is sort of a what if for Hollywood. Do you think? Had any of these casting decisions actually gone through? And I know some of them technically did, like Eric Stoltz and things like that, but, you know, they were obviously changed before they became iconic. Do you think movies as we know it would be different now if if Burt Reynolds had been James Bond, for example? Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of, uh, for example, the, the Will Smith Matrix one it probably would not have been uh, as big a hit, uh, quite possibly might have even flopped uh, for all we know. And then although on the plus side, it would have prevented him from doing Wild Wild West. So <laughs> that would have been, a, I'm sure he probably is like, well, maybe I could have not done that other movie. So I don't know. Uh, but in, in the case of the majority of these, I think that uh, in the end, they ended up making the right decision. 
the the decision that ended up working to make the film better. Now, have there been choices where uh, they actively made the film worse? There's been certain movies where uh, you're like, oh, God, why did they cast this person? They're terrible. Uh, where they stick out like a sore thumb. You're like, everybody else is nailing it. And then you have somebody who just completely stinks and brings drags the whole film down. So, uh, and usually a lot of the times that's this, the person that the studio wanted to throw in. Which also brings up the other thing of the studio, the fact that they wanted. Now, some of these were the director wanted such and such actor. But in a lot of these, it was the studio said, we want this actor. And the director said, they're totally wrong for this part. That also shows you the stupidity of Hollywood studio executives. But they're a big name. But they're brutally miscast. They're a big name. Yeah, they're not looking at it from the perspective of making the film good. They're making, they're looking at it from the perspective of this person puts asses in the seats. If we have him or her in our movie, it will put asses in the seats. And they're not looking at the fact that, well, no, it might do that, but it's not going to make the film good. It's going to actively make the film bad. And if you have a bad film, then it doesn't matter who's in it. It's going to be bad and people are going to trash it and it's going to actively make less money. Now, there are times where uh, the studio will present you know, something and they'll put them in there and then they end up working. But the vast majority of the time, they only want them in there for fiscal reasons, not for uh, uh, not for like proper reasons. I mean, I'm actually surprised in doing my research for this that at some point the studio didn't want like Tom Cruise in Titanic or something because that's how dumb some of their decisions are oh absolutely well they wanted uh with with titanic there was a lot of changes when when cameron ran out of money and the studio was like well we'll give you more money but you have to cut the film down to two hours you have to and he actually took money out of his own pocket to finish the film and it's a good thing it's that he, the biggest film of all time it up was, to that point it was the biggest film of all time like he believed in it he put his money where his mouth was and if he would have had to have agreed with the studio he would have cut it down and the movie probably would have ended up sucking and it would not be the massive game changer that it was so sometimes when you look at the casting of a movie some when you really break it down what's the most important thing about the movie a script the script if the script doesn't work no matter how good of a cast you have no matter how good of a director you have it's not going to work but the cast is so important this is going to sound strange but not so much who you cast but who you don't cast I think that actually matters more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. So on that note, where can people find the Cecil, who has been horribly miscast for his entire career? Well, I certainly have. You can find me being uh, correctly miscast. At, at good, Oxymoron that. Yes, at goodbadflicks.com, as well as uh, Good Bad Flicks on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. And you can contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. You can go to 1201beyond.com and also 1201beyond.com backslash Drome VPN. Get Nord. It helps us out. And in this day and age, it's like a digital condom. You kind of need it to be surfing if you're on that side of the internet. Try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.